Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming up on episode 287 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the 2023 Kia Soul, the BMW 760i xDrive, the Ford F-150 Lightning, Christian von Koenigsegg's choice for his last car, Self-cleaning touchscreens, BMW or Mercedes-Benz's new operating system, uh, a refresh of the Cadillac XT4, and what to do with EVs when there's a power outage. All that and more coming up next. This is episode 287 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abuel-Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakelin from True Car. How's that? True Car. Sure. Sounds true. (laughs) Sounds perfect. Sounds like you made that up at the last minute. I know. I said it with such question. I was intrigued. Well, you know, if it it had been ChatGPT saying it, then of course, you know, I wouldn't believe it, but. (laughs) True Car. Uh, And I'm Roberto Baldwin from Ars Technica. All right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Robbie, you go first. All right. So this past week, I drove the 2023 BMW 760i xDrive. It is BMW's uh, fancy schmancy uh, gas-powered sedan. Um, I have driven the i7 for about 45 minutes uh, previous to this. Um, This is the gas version. It has a 4.4 liter uh, twin-turbo V8, so totally different. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because BMW, a long time ago, they're like, we're going to build this modular setup where we can build a gas car and an electric car on the same line. And then just kind of nothing happened for a long time while they were working on that. And now they're putting cars out into the world that there are modular setups. You can get a gas car or an electric car. And um, it's really fun because what happens is you end up liking the electric yeah. car more. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's it, it, it you know this is it's a it's a good car, it's very fancy. It has all these fancy bits in it. But uh, when you put your foot down, you know it's got a V8 twin turbo. When you put your foot down on the gas, it doesn't have that immediate response that you would get from the uh, from the i7. And for you some reason, like oh, with, with, you know, 500 plus horsepower would would have immediate <laughs> response. But it's it that's and that's the weird thing is that it Tur- doesn't have chargers. Just, that's just you know the, as good as they are. You know, it's like. Yeah, I'll be with you in a second. Let me finish this other call. <laughs> yeah, first. because when I'm you, good and ready. If you wanted to, if you wanted to take off, like right when you take off to start up, like the turbocharger would have to just be running yeah. all the time, like ready to go. <laughs> like, no, okay, I'll wait. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, that's 536 horsepower. Uh, it is a large uh, four. Uh, four-door sedan. There's plenty of room in the back. In fact, in the back is where the party starts. Um, in your, in your, uh, the armrests of the doors. There's like a little, like an iPhone-shaped little display that you can use to adjust 
you know, because you can the, never have too many touchscreens in a modern luxury car, right? There's not enough. <laughs> there's not enough touchscreens in luxury cars, and so you can use it to adjust the, the you turn your 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 windows, put those up and down, put the little shades up and down, adjust your heat, do some other things. But more importantly, it allows you to lower this giant display that takes up the entire between you and the front passengers there's this giant display how tall how how wide is this display hold on i i, what, I probably should have looked at inches i think it's huge yeah. it takes up like the whole space and, oh, and if you are in the front seat if you're the driver you can't see anything behind you. you can't see. <laughs> it, there's no digital mirror. You have a giant, Although, yeah, that's the weird thing, is that like you can still see out the side mirrors, which is like all right, fine. Um, which legally, that's if you don't have, you can't see out your rear view mirror. You have right. to have side mirrors. That's why vans can exist. So it's it's that, but it doesn't have like I can get that on the yeah. Chevy Bolt. Why can't I? I? <laughs> I asked the same question when they when they unveiled it last year. It's like why why can't why can't we get a digital mirror on this? You know. It seems kind of silly. It seems, and I kept pushing buttons. I'm like, maybe they updated it. Maybe they added it. And apparently, I'm just open up garage doors all over the world. <laughs> apparently, they, they are going to add it as an option for the 2024 models. So they, they've, okay. they've heard the complaints. It's, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's just such a weird. It's a weird oversight to have this giant screen come down, and then suddenly you just can't see yeah. behind you. And when the screen comes down, like on the rear, the rear window. Um, there's a little uh, a little uh, a shade comes down so you don't get glare. So they they thought about that. They thought about the fact that well, if you have this giant mm-hmm. screen, people are going to get glare from right. behind them. So as the screen's coming down, that shade comes down as well. So it, you know, so you can still watch your shows. Uh, one issue though, and it's only an issue with 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 journalists who are reviewing this vehicle, is that you have to set up like a fire TV set. Like you can't set that set it up as a journalist. Like uh, owners can yeah. set it up. It's yeah, it's you got, it's got set Amazon set like, Fire TV built into it. Yeah, so you could watch your Amazon Fire TV. But you can bring it down and look at the graphics and pretty much get the the same gist. I don't. I don't it need to watch. It is a pretty spectacular screen. I don't. It's really nice. It's really wide, and you know, a lot of these times, whenever they have you these extra Lawrence screens, Arabia I'm like, well, any <laughs> oh, like like Panavision. All yeah. the way around. So. All the way around. So it's it's you know, and and I and I kind of like, well, why wouldn't someone just use their iPad or their phone whenever I talk about these extra screens for other people in the car? Because that's what everyone's doing. Everyone's just looking mm-hmm. at their phone the entire time while you're driving. Um, this one now. This is when you can just sit back, put your seat back. It's comfortable. You can have massage seats, and, and you can watch. Lawrence of Arabia or The Matrix or Step Brothers or whatever you, whatever you like, <laughs> whatever shows, movies you want to see that is available on Fire TV. And Fire TV is Amazon, which means you can get pretty much everything because you can, you can rent items, you can buy items. So that's, that's nice. Um, overall, it's, it's a really nice luxury vehicle. Um, it feels big. It is big. Um, <laughs> It gets uh, – the, the combined MPG is 21. It does 18 uh, city, 26 highway. I drove it around. I, ended, I drove this to the Mercedes-Benz event, which meant the <laughs> Mercedes-Benz people immediately like, what are you doing? What's that? And they all went and they, and they went, wanted to go look at it. <laughs> I got 22 miles per – 22.7 miles per gallon while driving it uh, around for a week, which is pretty good for that's a big bad. V8. No, that's not. That's a sedan, Yeah. 
and you know there was and, and a lot you know, there's a lot of stop and go traffic and I used BMW's um, their their sort of hands free but eyes on and you have to pay attention uh, traffic uh, ADAS system so they have the regular uh, adaptive cruise control then they have adaptive cruise control with some lane centering and then they have an adaptive cruise control with lane centering where you can take your hands off the wheel and the little so there's what, little lights like, on the wheel and they turn green professional is what they call it. So yeah, I, I don't even like using the names anymore because it's all it's it just makes things more confusing. So it's just yeah. a hands off, but you have to pay attention system. And I take my hands off for about ten seconds, and I just I, what do I do with my hands? So I just end up put in there, and uh, you know I was stuck in traffic getting home. It took two hours yes. to get home from oh. the event, which is forty minutes away because it ended around five. <laughs> <laughs> Which meant I got stuck in traffic yeah. all the way home, but uh, no, it, the, I, I think the the BMW their uh, that system is actually pretty nice, especially if you're stuck in traffic mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, it's been around for a while. It goes a little bit quicker now than it used to. I don't know what top speed is. I think it's I probably 80. should look that up. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty it's yeah it's pretty good. Still, you got to pay attention. You got you know I still keep my hands on the wheel just because what am I going to do with my hands? Like I can't look at the phone. I can't, you know, and it's it's really good at realizing you're not looking at it. It's gotten much better at that. So if I'm looking at the screen, the the center screen for too long, it's like, hey, yeah, hey, buddy, eyes open, yeah. eyes over here. Yeah, there's 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 the uh, the infrared driver monitor cameras are unlike on the GM cars where you get this little uh, module on, sitting on top of the steering column. G, BMW has integrated it into the cluster, and if you look carefully at the cluster, you'll see there's a notch, like on an iPhone, and that's oh, where the camera is. Yeah. That's where they s- sneak it. If you if you if you shoot video, like you yeah. can see them flashing. Yeah, because the frame. Yeah. The problem with that, the, the problem with it not being on the um, the column, is that if you happen, like I tend to have the the steering right. wheel lower than most people. I don't know why. It's just how I. I've always driven, and now I have to adjust because when I do that on the Mercedes and the BMW system, Blocks it. I'm blocking the eyeballs. Yeah, I'm blocking the the in car system. Um, other than that, so it's it's not cheap. It's a it's got lots of room. You could you and three of your friends, if you want to go on a really swanky road trip, this is this is an, uh, an excellent <laughs> vehicle. But uh, you got to have a lot of money for it. So it starts at one hundred thirteen thousand dollars, and yeah, and the vehicle I was driving, one hundred forty-nine thousand forty-five dollars. Wow. Yeah, but it also, but it came. But the it's fun is that for seven thousand two hundred fifty dollars, you get the rear executive lounge oh, seating. That's great stuff. That's the one with the with the theater screen and the the whole mm-hmm. seat thing. And, uh, and, and I feel like if you're going to get this up, car, can recline and the footrest. Those are that's so where you're cool. This car I love that when cars have that. It's yeah, like, oh. I mean, I there's other. There's some – there's the, the individual company. Yeah, who cares? Uh, luxury seating package. Yeah, you're going to want that. Parking, sure. Driver assistance, yeah. <laughs> Autobahn package, sure. Um, but, yeah, you really want to pay that $7,250, <laughs> which is more than the, fr- the the cost of my first oh two vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Your first two. Is, is, is <laughs> the first two vehicles, my, my – my my Datsun 2000 was 1500 and my Honda Civic was 5000. So this is more. Just for the special um, seats. And just for the just, special well, seats. It oh, also the has the too. screen, okay, the special right. seats okay, and so the screen. The package. It's a whole okay. experience. It's essentially a theater experience a, in your car. Yeah, home, home theater so, on the road. There you go. Yeah, and over 3 years that's 
like 200 bucks a month or something well, that's like not that. That's not so bad. Because um, in, in, yeah. in the uh, Discord, Gifted Napper mentioned, you know, when we were talking about the, the digital mirror, says uh, they'll add it as a $3,500 option next year, or <laughs> you'll probably pay $20 a month just for the mirror. Or you'll rent it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're renting the mirror. Yep. <laughs> so you want to see out the back? Well, we can do it. It's going to cost you. Uh, Give us your credit card, please. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> Give us your credit card. We're, we're, we're more than happy to, to take your monies. Uh, destination charge. What do you all think? Oh. I'll go with $14.95. I was going to say $18.95, so I'm just going to say that stick with that. It's a BMW? $9.95. <laughs> oh. Not even 1000 bucks. Right underneath. They, 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 BMW's like, you know what? You're paying $150,000 for a car. We're not, not going to rook you. We're not like those yeah. other guys that hide the price increases in the destination chart. We're just going to put it right up front. No. Right up front. Here's, here's We're just going to tell you how much it's going to cost. <laughs> here's the thing that's going to charge you all the monies. Uh, oh, it has. You know what I don't like is the uh, automatic doors. The automatic I just don't like automatic doors in general, unless I think in the rolls because it has the suicide doors. Yeah. Like you don't really have it. Like those, I guess, make sense for the person getting out. But there, it's always it's harder to open and close the doors because you know you're working against a motor and the car's like, hey, let me close the door for you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta figure out. Know. You know, okay, is it trying to do it right now? And then you just kind of let it go and do it. Yeah, or you're fighting against yeah. the motors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not a fan of the automatic doors, and it sucks because it's it's part of a package. What? Let me tell you what the package. It's part of the executive package. So it uh, it has automatic doors, meh. Crystal headlights, fine. But really, front massaging seats. That's the only thing I want. <laughs> you just that. want that one piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now you now you're stuck with automatic doors. You got to fight with for you know the five years you're leasing this vehicle, and then. And then selling it to somebody else. To fight with. So, yeah, BMW uh, 760i X-Drive sedan. Uh, very nice. Very uh, very luxurious. Ooh. And uh, very expensive. All those things. And very big screen. Very big. <laughs> All right. That's what my arms go out for. Uh, Nicole. Yes, sir. What have you been driving? I uh, just gave up today the Ford F-150 Lightning. Did it catch fire on you? It did not catch fire. Oh, it, it, Ooh, I know. I was point? like, no, stick. I'm like, it's a burning. No, it's still just fine. Um, it did not catch fire. I had. Have they done? Have they said anything new about the battery thing that I've missed? No. No. Uh, just still? they just extended no. the production pause uh, while they're fixing it. Okay, that's what I thought I heard. Is it a fire-related yeah, thing? They said it's one, of fire. The, one of the trucks in the fa- like at the factory um, caught fire. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. It caught fire on the it. line. Um, and you know, they've, they've apparently isolated the problem, but they're working on a fix. The fix has not been announced yet. Yeah. Um, so Ford F-150 lightning that did not catch fire is what I had this week. Um, despite every single person on social media going, did it catch fire? Just like you did. I'm like, (laughs) no, it did not catch fire. (laughs) If it caught fire, there would be video here of the fire. Um, (laughs) She's like, I know how to do yeah, the Yeah, I would have taken pictures, guys. <laughs> you don't need to ask. Um, so I've driven the Lightning before. This is the Platinum, which is the top trim in the lineup, and it starts at $97,000. So it is not inexpensive. My Monroney did not come with pricing actually worked out. But there were, I think, a few little bitsy extras on there. So it's probably just over hundred grand. I think, the one that I have, uh, you know, 
ball Oof. parking it. But if you go with a base trim, uh, you can get it for 56, which is still not cheap, but a heck of a lot better. It's, it's less. less. It's less <laughs> by a lot. Um, it is less by a lot. So there is that because everyone was balking at the price. Um, you know, the lightning, I, what I like about the lightning is that aside from the fact, you know, it is an EV and especially that front, the lighting on the front, on the grill looks very different. In all ways, it looks like when you sit inside, just like an F-150. Like they didn't do anything to make it look different or like of the future or like, oh, this is our fancy truck. It still feels like an F-150, which is kind of nice. Um, I do love how those front lights look, though, especially at night. That lighting across, that's really cool looking. I, th I think that's neat. I like how the EV companies play with lights. Like, how did that become the thing on EVs? We're going to give it funky lights, guys. Well, when you get, they when you all have, they all saw Audi. You have, have a grill. And they're like, you got to figure out some way to differentiate it. So you put funky lights up there. Yep. Um, so I like the funky yep. lights on the F-150. It's fine to drive. You know, it does good. It was pretty cold here. I, this one has the extended range battery, which the EPA says 320 miles in that battery. Um, I was fully charging it each night and coming out to like two, anywhere from like 250 to 245-ish miles of range. So it was taking a pretty good hit. It was fully charged and not giving me what it should be. Um, what? I could see Sam, who I can't hear suddenly. Can't, Sam suddenly no, muted, there we go. but he was actually Sorry. waving his finger at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so full, fully charged when it's when it's cold, yeah. um, you are going to lose some range, right? Just because you know you're using energy for the heat. Um, but the other thing is, um, did the truck you have have the um, the twenty two inch wheels? Uh. Oh, they yeah, have the yes. big, big wheels. wheels knock the the range down from three twenty. Oh, yeah. big wheels. Oh, so we're at three hundred. So yeah, because yeah. it was a twenty two yeah. inch wheel, so, so three hundred. If you only so, lost 50, 50 miles of range off of that, that's actually not bad. It's not bad. I didn't think it was bad that's even when I was bad. thinking it was three twenty. So it's it's yeah. really not that bad because it was pretty chilly and we had snow and you know a couple days are out there and it's like literally the the truck is just a giant snowman shaped like a truck in my driveway. You know, so um, it was pretty cold. Snow no truck. truck. Uh, here was the interesting thing, and I thought this was kind of like, you know, I put a lot of stuff on social media about the truck, like all the socials, the TikToks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks. And it's interesting to see how, what people comment on that stuff. And you know what? The single biggest comment was like, yeah, but you can't really use it. You can't, it doesn't charge when it's cold. And you have no range at all when it's cold. And it's not going to drive anywhere when it's cold. And I always see videos of everybody broken down because it's cold. I'm like, you guys... They don't just stop working because the temperature drops. <laughs> like it's not like well, I, I think it's like I, I think it's like the 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 listener who who asks us, can you use can you charge in the water when it's raining? And we're like, yeah, but it just you don't. I mean, a people don't know, and b like well, Facebook is just full of misinformation it wasn't, it wasn't, about EVs. Exactly. That's the problem. Facebook. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't think, that was, I don't think I know, that's true. I know. Well, that was the thing. It's like some of these, like some people were asking, like, "Hey, <laughs> snowy in the background. Did, how did that work?" And I was answering them honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you lose a little bit. You're fine. Blah blah blah. So there were some honest. Then there were people like, "No, it's you can't. You can't really charge it in the cold." I'm like, "No, you you can." No, you don't have any range. You can't really like literally arguing, like like arguing with each other. You have and the I'm vehicle, like, I'm, but they're. I, but I'm, I'm like, right. I don't have. 
have the vehicle. You have the vehicle, and you're actually doing things right? with it. Like, there was, right. there was this really, there was this surety that surprised me that EVs, <laughs> it's like from people, I don't know if all these, I had one guy who was a Ford F-150 Lightning owner who's like, guys, I have one. I live where it's cold. I drove it this morning. Ha-ha. They're like, no. And he's like, what? Like, we couldn't. Roman Micah and the Fastlane guys drove a lightning all the way to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska <laughs> last summer. To Alaska. From Clearly that was that's, that's all a... just a conspiracy. Like that's right. The moon it, it never actually it happened. Happen. It was just mm-hmm. a, it was just done on green screen. Mm-hmm. It's very weird that the the I because I've had people who like people I went to school with and I'm like and I'll just start answering questions. I'm like, this is what it does. They're like, no, it doesn't do that. I'm just like yeah. It was, it, it, you, you do have that, you know, when you check yourself, you're like, okay, I'm not going to argue with people online. But when people like ask. Isn't that what ch- online is for? I know. But like people that ask and genuinely want to know, you can tell the difference. <laughs> and it's like, okay, for you, I will explain. You nope, you can, you lose some range. It's not depending on quite how cold it is, blah, blah, blah. And people, well, how bad is it when it toes? Yeah, you're going to lose range when you tow. You know, that's a pretty dramatic change to your range, depending on how yeah. much you're towing and where you're out. You're going up giant hills, you know, that kind of stuff. But there was this real surety from everybody that, like, well, it's cold, so you can't even really drive an EV in the cold. It's just useless. It's stupid. They never can drive in the cold. Like, people are always, I'm like, the one guy even said, he's like, you know, if you run out of, just because an EV is on the side of the road, it ran out of charge. You know, gas cars do the same thing if you don't put gas in the tank. It doesn't mean that it was. And and you know what happens to a gas truck when you hook up a trailer? Hmm. It's fuel economy drops by about half. No, lying lies, Man, Sam. No, <laughs> lies. So it was very weird. That was the weirdest thing, like this sort of strange takeaway. I wanted to be like, everybody, you can still drive an EV in and the cold. Out. It's okay. Cold. It's... <laughs> but so, uh, I, yes. now, I think now is a good He's time. He's waving to, his finger at me again. <laughs> to, to get one of, the, one of the topics we had for later, which is, can you drive yeah. an EV when your power goes out? Yes, that was on your little list. Yeah, because we had a, a massive ice storm that hit southern Michigan last week. Yes. Storm. And dropped, dropped about uh, three-quarters of an inch of ice on the area where I live, and there was about 700,000 customers that lost power. Uh, and there's, I guess as of now, there's still about sixty or 70,000 that, that don't wow, have their power still. restored yet. Yeah, like five days later. Um, ours came back after two days, so we were lucky. But um, it, what... You know, can, what what do you do with an EV when your power goes out like that? You go find. Well, here's my my solution is that you get uh, solar and a battery pack because I'm I'm prepping for the end of the world. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, you can also just go to a charge station. You can find a charge station. Well, just like you know, the, when the power Sometimes goes out, the charge stations are down the, too. Like if there's a power outage. Yeah, it's the same thing with yeah. gas stations. Yeah. Though, too. <laughs> Because the pumps don't work like there's not a guy like hand cranking the pumps. Well, it was at my gas station, but yeah, that's a whole other story. There's a yeah, so uh, yeah, so it's 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 one of those things where you're just like, okay, well, where's the nearest charging yeah. station, yeah. and do I need it? And then you go there, and it's just like the same thing with gas. It's it's just more yes. of a pain because gas t- again, gas takes ten minutes charging if you have a good, you know, if let's say you have a big truck. It's going to take like 40 minutes. Well, and that's minutes. the thing. Like if, you, so. if you're in a situation where, the, where you need to fill up a gas car and power's out and gas stations are out, you, you most likely, because there's more gas stations to begin with, the chances of finding one that's working are better. And the chances of people going in, even if it's the only one, gassing up is really quick. If you run into the same situation with an EV, same deal, but there's fewer of them, you know, so you're 
to finding one could be a bit more of a challenge. Just have to work harder. Yeah, and and the thing is, you know, in situations unless you have something like what happened twenty years ago when there was that massive northeast blackout where all the power went out everywhere, right? Completely when the yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Unless you have a situation like that, most of the time when it's the when the power goes out because of storms like this one, the power outages aren't universal. It's like you know here, you know on my block. You know, and like a couple of blocks around me, up and down, you know, we lost our power because some lines came down, you know, because tree branches fell on them. But across the street, they had power. Right. And so. This is when you sneak across the street with <laughs> well, an actually, extension cord. Well, actually, you should mention <laughs> that. Because as I was driving out to go to the coffee shop, uh, a coffee shop to do some work on Thursday, um, about there was about half a dozen houses along the street that had extension cords running across the street from the house opposite them. Uh, so they were borrowing some power. <laughs> borrowing a little juice. And, uh, wait, but wait, they had the, why didn't you just park the car on well, the other no, side? No, no, this was actually power for the house. You know, like to, to power some lights and, and, oh, and, and, and lights stuff. And oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right. Just, you know, okay. not, not for, not for that's EVs. A, that's a, just, yeah. just to get some power for essentials. Um, yeah. On our EV, like we sometimes... Typically, we charge it every night, but every once in a while, we'll forget. Like, it, we, we park the EV like at three o'clock and we think we're going to mm-hmm. go somewhere else, so I don't plug it in. And then we'll go somewhere else and we'll come back and it's five o'clock. I'm, I'm going to go to the store tonight. I won't plug in. And sometimes that'll happen for two or three days. And I've never, you know, we've had it like four or five days where it's, it's never become a situation for us where we're just like, oh yeah. no. We have no juice. <laughs> well, and just, you know, when you, have, when you have a snowstorm or an ice storm coming, the thing you always do with a gas car, you're always supposed to fill your tank, right? So you're not stranded, so you're not stuck. You got a full tank of gas in your car. And just charge your, charge your EV before the storm hits, too. Just yeah. go outside and set it Same to 100. Yeah, of 80%. just let it charge all the way up there so you got it all. Also, charge all your little batteries yeah. in your house. And, you know, our local and, um, Electrify America station, which is so often non functional, actually was functioning <laughs> when the power was up. Yeah, I drove by it there. Came See, that's the, the rub. It's like, well, I'll just go to the Electrify America station. You're like, uh oh. Uh-uh. Uh, go Electrify so, America. Woo-hoo. So, so, you know, there were some that were working, some that were not. Yeah. Uh, I, ta- I actually talked mm, to uh, uh, a Detroit uh, TV station the other day for a story they were doing on this stuff. Um, and cool. you know, the reporter actually visited a few different charging stations. You know, he, he went to a couple of EA stations, uh, an EVgo station, and a couple of supercharger stations. And, you know, one of the supercharger stations didn't have power. The other one did. You know, and so, you know, people were trying to figure out, okay, where can I go charge? So it it's a good idea to, uh, you know, if you've got, you know, to use apps like PlugShare and, and others, you know, that can help you find stations that are actually working you know and, and you know what i told the the reporter was that going forward you know you're going to see more and more stations that are equipped with battery backup you know partly for situations like this but also you know to help them reduce their spike load on the grid mm-hmm. um you know when when a lot of people are trying to charge at once uh and reduce their demand charges so um, that and you know, adding solar to to charging stations will help. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's no different from from gas stations. You know, yeah. there were gas stations that weren't working because they they had no electricity for their pumps. So yeah, it's it it's, it was just if if uh, you know EA and the other charging companies were better at their job. Yeah, yeah. well, they're getting there, right? <laughs> Someday a, they're getting there. Well, they I mean, if they want to get that yeah. money. 
They want to get paid. So can I talk about the other thing that's not specifically EV Absolutely. related that I did not, I did not like. I did not like. What and did, I'm curious uh, your experience. You drove a car no, that you didn't this, like? On the F-150 Lightning, something well, I didn't like. it can't like. be the cookie table. No, they don't have one, which is just it's horrifying. It's a table in, in Wait, You didn't have a, a cookie surface in here? There's no cookie surface. Oh, no, there is a cookie surface. What am I thinking? Yes, there is. There is yeah. the cookie okay. surface, yeah. Sorry. Oh. Wrong car. I'm thinking about it. No, <laughs> we I did. I got like, cookies. Oh, why do you even make I the did, platinum if it doesn't have, have the platinum? I did go to Crumble, and I got my, my fix of cookies, yeah, which I wanted to take a picture of, and then my husband literally, while I was taking out my camera, had like opened the boxes and was taking a bite out of each one. I'm like, <laughs> could you wait it for like, Two seconds for me. But anyway, um, no. so here's the thing. So Blue Cruise, do, have you guys used Blue Cruise much? Yes. Um, yep. I just liked it. Yes. I so. I don't. You, it's you don't know what's okay, going so on. So here was the weird thing. So I was, I Mode was using confusion. it on the way down to the airport on Friday, and I it felt like it was ping ponging me so much so that I was like, I are are you working or did you stop like. There was one time, I swear, that it was over the line, and it realizes it's over the line, and it's like, whoa, let's bring it back. So now it is, like, overcorrected in a great big pickup truck. So it's like, whoosh, whoosh. Like, it's very disconcerting. Um, I had it on and didn't tell my daughter, who I was picking up at the airport, and I said, I was saying to her, I said, so I'm going to try something, and I said, this uh, driving, she's like, oh, is that, why the, is that why you were driving funny? She thought I was doing uh, it, and it wasn't me. See, your daughter thought see, you were drunk. drunk. Now, to add insult to injury, <laughs> when I tried it later on with my husband in the car and my daughter, my husband said, "Are you, you got to stop using that. I said, well, he said, it's making me carsick. The motion, the way it was. Oh, because uh, the motion, because it it's not smooth. It made him carsick, and he had to close his eyes and roll down the window, and I had to turn off the blue cruise. That's a shame. Yeah, and ping ponging and moving, especially in a large truck, because you end up getting and that you get that, that sort of that body, body roll, roll. Thing going, and it's like yeah, yeah. that's yeah. I haven't had yeah. that with it's Blue Cruise, smooth. but yeah, I mean, I've had other issues with Blue Cruise that we've talked about before. Yeah, and I I was actually just texting with somebody at Ford today to see if they have any yet that have the new version of Blue Cruise, and he said soon, hopefully. Is so that supposed they, to take care of some right. of these it's issues? It's supposed to make it a lot better, yeah. Because it was, um, it was I mean, bad they, enough. And they announced that, that last October or November, and they still haven't shipped that software update. It, it, was, it was the most disconcerting. Like, there were times when it was, I was, you know, it's heavy traffic because I was driving in mm -hmm. sort of in rush hour. And there are tractor trailers next to me that I am like, no, we are too stinking close to that guy and i'm trying to make it go like we are right next to all those wheels can you give it a little bit of room yeah, yeah it, it, room. Felt, it, it didn't feel like it lines up and it literally there was one time it totally did throw me over the line like it just drifted right over the line realized it was like whoa and when it threw me back i was like oh my god this is awful and i turned it off i'm like i feel like it's actually and i was yeah. obviously you can take your hands off, but you got to be paying attention, which I was, and there was no one next to me. So I was kind of letting it, like, how far are you going to let me go either side here, Blue Cruise? Too far, too mm -hmm. far is the answer. It lets too me far. go too far. So it made my husband carsick. My daughter couldn't figure out why I was driving funny, and I had zero confidence in this. Zero. So Blue Cruise fails yeah, again. That's, that's it the... failed, yeah. I was really surprised. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. They, get a, they have to do better it's you know it's going to get better over yes, time i hope hopefully. so that's the that's the, the goal um but yeah these especially right yeah. out the gate it was funny because when the super cruise fresh came out they would center it 
right in the middle of the lane. And what was happening is that when we were driving from New Mexico to mm-hmm. California, it was really, it felt like it was really close to semis. And so in the next update, whenever there was a semi, it would slightly move the, the car yeah. away from the semi so people in the car wouldn't be Gen- – Genesis uh, does that too. Uncomfortable. Uh, with their, there's a yeah, it's sort of like, oh. I had someone – if it's a big, big vehicle, it moves it over just to scooch so you don't feel like – because it should be centered, and that should be the correct thing to do. that's not what humans do. But the do. people in the car, they're like, but nope, that's not, that's that's not that's what that's humans not what do. They're like, I feel, like it, I feel like it needs to mimic – it needs to be – you know, you want it to pay more – like sort of be better at things than humans are, but it at least needs to be able to mimic the stuff we do well. You know, if it's, if it's not yeah. m- mimicking that natural – driving that we all like if you're a huge tractor trailer you're gonna you're gonna go a little bit further to the right if the tractor trailer is on your left just as a little safety precaution and you know it, it if it doesn't mimic that you can't you don't trust it as a driver or the passenger so yeah. that was my complaint that was literally the thing that i didn't like about it i liked everything else but i did not the whole time i'm using it i'm just hearing the blues clues <laughs> song in my head too so that's blues, also blues. Do, 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 blues clues. Do, do, do. Yeah, anyway. uh, <laughs> all right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. Um, well, let's move on to some of the other items of the week. Um, so, Robbie, you drove that BMW to a Mercedes-Benz event. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> As I do. <laughs> Next time I'm in California, I'll be driving a Kia to a Nissan event. So there's that. <laughs> Oof. That's that's a bigger. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, what? Um, what what was going on at Mercedes Benz's uh, Silicon Valley facility? Uh, a lot. So they showed us the interior of the new E Class, not the exterior. Um, that's not ready to be seen yet. Apparently, uh, the interior has a newer version of uh, MBUX, um, and it has this thing called. Um, Wait, what is it called? They're like scripts. They're essentially like little scripts for your car. Like if this, then that, mm-hmm. if anyone uses that mm-hmm. for, for their home. So auto- automations um, and what it does, that you can do? Yeah, little automations that you can set up. So let's say every morning you get up at 5 a.m., it's going to be cold. If it's like under a certain temperature at a certain time, you can say, oh, when it's at this place at a certain temperature at this time, I want you to heat up the seats to this, and I want you to have the heater to this, and I want you to do this and this. And so you can make these little scripts based on your location, the temperature, uh, traffic, and time of day. And it's actually kind of cool that you can say, hey, I want this to this. And you can set them up with – you'll eventually be able to set them up through phone, um, which is nice. You'd be sitting on – because sometimes you don't want to just sit – there's a lot of time where I'm just sitting in a car in my driveway like testing. <laughs> do that too. 
It just seems kind of like people, like the neighbor, like, what is that guy doing? He's just sitting in his car for 20 <laughs> minutes, not going anywhere, just the car running. Um, I don't think people want to do that. <laughs> I think they, you know, maybe when you first get your car, you're like, oh, I'm going to set this thing up and it's fun. But then as time progresses, you don't just sit in your car. So the idea that you could set one of these up with your phone and then it syncs to your car is. Uh, is so I was going to ask uh, you how you do it. Like, do, nice. you, do you have to do it on the screen in the car or it sounds like you do it in the app? You can do it in the car. The app oh, is coming. Okay. Is okay. was the but the car is not even here. So who knows? The app might be out, but or the the app might be updated by the time the car. It's the Germans. They're very. They're not going to be like. They're not going to promise more. <laughs> they're like. This is what we have this right now. This is what we have. Enjoy. This it. is this is what we know is going to happen. It's never like. Well, this could happen and this could happen. Huh? 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 No, it's never that. It's always like this is what we will have, and the other thing we're not sure, you so we're not going to say yes. <laughs> like oh, all right. <laughs> Um, so that's cool, but the more, the cooler thing, and this is really, it's such an inside baseball thing and it's a big tech nerd thing is the MBOS Mercedes Benz operating system. And they are taking control of the entire software stack of their Wait, vehicles. Wait, does MBucks go away? System. No, MBucks stays. MBucks is part okay, of MBOS. MBucks is just the OS. Okay. I wasn't sure if, okay. Yeah, MBucks is just, just the clarifying. interface. I'm like. So they are, going. I like I like just saying M bucks, M bucks, M bucks. So instead of uh, the way they do it now is where you just grab a bunch of different off the shelf uh, systems and you try to cobble them together. Uh, Mercedes is like, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to go from from chip to cloud is what they're saying. And so they're going to create chips with with SOCs, so system on chips, so the software is on the chip. And they're going to have to have their instead of buying sort of off the shelf. Uh, components from their suppliers they will tell their suppliers build this chip with this operating system on it and you know then they'll be building their own operating system which is unix based and we'll have qnx as well for, but it, to get out of the weeds too much to get out of the to not go into the weeds too much the idea is that because of this they can deploy over the air updates like super quickly like instead of waiting months because, oh, we have to do this and now we have to uh, tell you know these people that, oh, we need to change this system on chip and can you send us the, <laughs> this and, oh, we got to get this and we got to get this person involved and now this person has to be involved and now we all work together so we can do this one software update to our car. They can just say, oh, we want to do this thing and they do it all themselves. They don't have to deal with third parties. They don't have to deal with outside uh, – um, companies, because they control the entire stack, they can just, oh, well, it's ready, send it out, done. And so it gives them control over uh, the entire software experience inside the vehicle, and it also helps them sort of battle, you know, Apple and Google when it comes to, uh, you know, their iPhone mirroring and, and Android mirroring, which is CarPlay and Android, uh, Android Auto. They want to reduce that as much as possible. And they've done that a bit with MBUX, MBU, especially with the zero layer. I like zero layer because it's just the map and then a few things. And that's all I really care about. And so they're trying to do that even more. So the only thing you're really plugging your phone is in is for like to charge it and you know, as a phone and as a multimedia like storage device. So it's 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 software's really tough. I mean, you can ask Volkswagen <laughs> or, or any <laughs> automaker. Any automaker. Yeah. Really, any automaker. I think they, they, they sort of jumped into it and thought that, oh, we can, you know, well, Apple can do it and Facebook can do it and Google we can, can do, do, do it. Well, like, yeah, but they have this really deep knowledge from all these people. It's not just like young kids who are coming in. You have these people who have been working in the industry forever who can sort of 
get them to that spot. Whereas, you know, these automakers really didn't have that 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 legacy uh, amount of wealth when it came to like really deep software integration beyond just saying, "Oh, the car is going this fast," and here's some GPS. So it's 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 a it's a bold idea. I think the first car with it will be out. 2024 next year yeah or 2025 two years yeah i, I should have looked at my article before i started Didn't talking you write about stuff it about uh, this? <laughs> that's a, that's a th- it, yeah but you write so much stuff the number of times i write a thing and i talk about it here and i'm like i gotta pull up my own story because i don't remember so anything later about part this. of 2024 <laughs> yeah 25 yeah yeah the, the, uh, it'll be introduced in 24 24 and then in showrooms in 2025 will be the first uh System, it's you know, it's it's going hand in hand with their MMA, the Mercedes modular architecture, and it's it's just Mercedes saying, you know, we're investing heavily in the future, and in that that investment, we're going to have as much control as possible over what's going on in our vehicles, which is again, it's smart because you know, a they have the money because they're Mercedes and they essentially just print cash <laughs> compared to other automakers, and if you have that money, you should be really making that investment because it does give you control. It, it gives over you control, the whole but system. it also gives you responsibility. Mm-hmm. And and so it does far, give you responsibility. Haven't done a, you know that that have tried to take control like this? Haven't done a great job. Yeah, you know, I mean, look at GL. You know, mm. I mean, they still yeah. They still can't it's, ship it's the, the thing is that you. you- yeah, that's the thing is that you you end up taking responsibility regardless of who's building your system. True. You know, if if someone at, on Volkswagen, you know, if Volkswagen, like let's say the problem isn't their system, it's a third party, like they couldn't get the integration to work correctly. At the end of the day, it's still Volkswagen's right. fault. It's still Volkswagen's problem. This way, it fits Mercedes Benz's fault. They at least know they they don't have anyone else to blame. That's the other. You know, they are they the only it. ones to blame. They have to own it. Whereas, like you know, Volkswagen can say what other people are doing it, but everyone, you know, the average consumer, all they see is Volkswagen can't make an infotainment system that isn't laggy. We'll see if Mercedes Benz can actually pull that off. It's. They, yeah, it's it's like again, it's super tough. That's yeah. a, that's the crazy thing. I heard thing. from one person. Really, really, I heard hard. from one other person who was there at that event. You know, and they played around with. Um, I don't know if it was the E class interior or or just uh, a buck that they had, but you know, he said it was the software was pretty janky. Uh, now, of course. This guy is a Tesla fanboy, so I'm not sure I should take anything that he says. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, you're talking about. And it's also, and also that if it, if it was the the E class, that's still the old version of of the operating system. And then the uh, they told us up front, right? This is this is yeah. you know this is pre production. Yeah, I mean, it's still, We're still yeah, two years away from, right. from hitting the streets. Yeah. Um, so there, there's obviously yeah. you know lots of opportunity to improve it, and hopefully they will. Um, yeah. And I, I know you know at at the event you know they also you know one one of the things that you know with the this emphasis on software and services that you know manufacturers are automakers are doing you know they're talking about new revenue streams and and everything, and they you know they talked their their CFO talked about. Um, you know, one of the areas that they see as a, you know, besides just this, the connectivity subscriptions, the other biggest area that they see as a, a revenue stream is upselling, you know, for more capable driver assistance and automation 
Uh, so you'll get you'll get you know stuff a certain amount of stuff is standard uh, for you know like hands free driving as standard and maybe even you know eyes off level three stuff is standard but to get uh, what the you know a level four highway driving system you know you'll pay extra for that and that could be a subscription or just a one time purchase you know they'll have different options um, and these new vehicles are all going to have luminar lidar on them in addition to all the other sensors that they're putting on there yeah they, yeah they were very it, it i think they're trying to get ahead of the whole subscription uh backlash because while they were talking about like you can either get it from when you buy your car you can pay for it like you would a redder option or later on as a subscription or you can purchase it later on you know trying to get ahead of that that idea where you buy the car and then later on they're going to nickel and dime you for things. They're like, no, no, no. If you want the thing, <laughs> you can buy it now or you can get it later on. And it, it, you know, the the luxury brands have that option, have that that sort of. It's a little bit easier for them to do something like this, whereas say like Hyundai and Toyota, that's going to be a bit tougher for them, a, a bit tougher of a sell. I mean, Toyota's backlash on the auto starting or the the key fob starting thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, the, one of the other things that, they, that Mercedes talked about is their integration of Google Maps uh, platform for navigation. But they're not doing Android Automotive. They're, they're integrating the Google Maps platform you know, on their, their system and having their own interface on it. So they'll, it'll have the Google navigation components and everything and, and all the map data. Places. places. Their big thing yeah. was places. And and they're also going to have um, um, support for uh, this alternative Android app store uh, from Forvia, which is a major automotive supplier, um, that you'll be able to download Android apps to this thing. Again, even though it's not running Android, presumably they're going to have um, they have a container yeah, that they're going to have a container you know, with the APIs in there, so you can run those run those apps in there. So. That'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah, I, I asked them about um, those apps. I'm like, well, who's who's vetting these apps? Is, is a third party vetting them? Are you vetting them? And they're like, we will be vetting the apps as they come in. So yeah. you can't just well, you, know, and, and, you can't just write a random app and, and just toss right, it in there. An app. And then Forvia, the supplier yeah. formerly known as Forcia, um, but they rebranded after they merged with Hella. Um, they're also vetting all the stuff that's going in there as well. So, you know, they're, they're a pretty reputable supplier. They've been around a long time. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of work. It's really hard. Um, but Mercedes has a lot of money, and they've been hiring a lot of people. So hopefully. That's, I mean, that's a, it just comes down to hiring people and having the money to, to do it. And, and Mercedes they has both. It. They got the money. They got the people. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's going to work. <laughs> they have the pieces if they can just put them together the right way. Exactly. So um, next one, sticking with uh, screens for a moment, um, GM has apparently patented a self t- self cleaning touchscreen um, because the problem, you know, the biggest problem with touchscreens is fingerprints. Yeah, they they look pretty gross after you've been driving for a few days, and uh, so this uh, touchscreen uh, it has additional violet micro LEDs to create uh, an invisible, uh, not an invisible ultraviolet uh, light that you can't see. Um, and as the screen is coated with a catalyst uh, that when it turns on these ultraviolet uh, or violet micro LEDs, it 
basically zaps the the fingerprints, zaps the moisture and everything, and gets rid of the fingerprints. Um, should be interesting to see how that works. They evaporate into the air, so you you're now. Does that mean you've got like greasy air now? I know on a really small scale. Does it's, that well, mean you have greasy break, fingerprint air? The, it's breaking down the oils into something breaking else. Down, they evaporate. Now, exactly what it is that it's breaking it down into, I don't know. I know. What am I inhaling now? Is it <laughs> a toxic like, cloud? So say your fingerprints. Like I want to know what it is. Like I've got greasy. I just ate fried chicken fingerprints. Is it going to smell like fried chicken in my car because I made fried chicken fingerprints in the screen? That are, I mean, what if, like that's a that's I a know, bonus. Like, yeah, is this gonna, like how is it going to smell like what your fingerprints were like? I, I don't think so because because it's not Probably just not. lifting the oil off. Like I said, it's breaking it down. And since most oils are you know they're some sort of hydrocarbon compound. It's probably breaking it down into carbon dioxide and water, um, and then you know, maybe some other stuff, whatever else is in there, um, okay. and then just evaporating that. Um, so, yeah, I I don't I don't think it'll be anything that you can smell. Okay, it's a lot of work to just have those fingers that you can only see when the screen goes yeah. dark. <laughs> like when you're taking photos, you can see it. But most of them are they just it's like they just All show the up. Place. It's like it was clean. You look, it's perfectly clean. You pull your camera out, <laughs> there's fingerprints everywhere. You're like, what just it's, happened? All I did yeah. was take my phone out of my pocket. Yeah. A person jumped it's in like, your car. Tap, 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 and ran away. Like there's a little little like elf that comes in and smudges it. Um sticking with GM screens, GM touch screens. Um the twenty twenty four Cadillac XT four. Um, is getting a mid-cycle update uh, that includes the uh, the same 33-inch curved LED display that's in the Cadillac Lyric. Um, and the question is, which one will there be more of on the road, Lyrics or XT4s with the screen? <laughs> uh, Probably XT4. XT4 is like the car I always forget exists. There's like a couple cars from a couple automakers that you sort of forget about, and the XT4 is one of them. Like there's a new XT4. I'm like a what? What's that what, again? What? Oh, 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 the Cadillac. <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad vehicle. It's their compact crossover. It's not that no, it's, it's bad. Fine. It's just, my, my, just it's, it's just sort of like just sort of disappears yeah. in my mind. Is I don't it, know. Why. Is it just not? It's unremarkable. It just kind of does its thing quietly in the background, and then someone's like, "Well, I wish it me. did do it quietly in the background." Because my one complaint about the XT4, oh geez, is what? the road noise. Oh, there's a lot of road uh, noise that gets transmitted into the fair. Cadillac. That's fair. Which is, which is not what you want. It's from not a what you want from a luxury. It brand. drives good. Yeah, you know, it's performance is good. Handling's good. A lot of road noise. Yeah. I, th- I like the way it looks, but there's just too much road noise that gets in. Uh, well, you can always just get a lyric. Yeah. Someday. But there'll probably be more. Someday. Someday. Hopefully. Someday. Uh, but but the, Hopefully. the XT4 does get 5G. Gets a 5G Wi-Fi hotspot as well. So. Ooh. Fancy. That's yeah. nice. Uh, let's see. VinFast. Apparently, um, VinFast is finally going to start delivering cars to customers uh, on Wednesday. It's Monday night as we're recording this. So Wednesday, March 1st, are supposed to be the first deliveries of the VinFast VF8. Uh, Wasn't that originally yeah. October? <clears throat> November? <clears throat> December? Well, mm. <laughs> 
I don't know. What did they tell you when you went to Vietnam? October, November, December, depending yeah. on who I asked. <laughs> yeah. And January, February, you know, passed. January, February. So that's yeah. like five-ish, three to five months after what they said. Well, yeah. you, you said that, you know, you said that they should take an extra six months. And, and they listened. You know, Apparently, it. this is entirely. Just do it. Yeah. Just make it so, work. Yeah. I mean, clearly they're paying attention. You know, when, when smart people talk to them, they pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that so, was totally it. I had that kind of influence. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But uh, uh, the other big thing that we've been complaining about um, with the VF8 is the pricing, um, you know, especially the pricing they wanted to charge with the battery subscription, and which is um, ridiculous. Yeah, and and you know, I think the the price without the bat- without the subscription, it's just you know straight up price that they had been planning to charge for the VF8 base model was five ninety nine for twenty a twenty four month lease, uh, five ninety nine a month. They have apparently reduced that down to three ninety nine for at least the first batch of cars uh, for this for the city right. edition. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see if it's actually any good. Um, it'll be interesting. I've, I've like- actually I've actually seen a VF eight here, not around my area, several yeah. times in the past couple of weeks that is equipped with lidar and a bunch of cameras on it, and I've. Reached out to Vinfast to huh. try and find out what's what they're doing with that, because uh, as far as I know, they don't have an engineering facility around here. Um, so I'm not sure what they're doing with that one, because it's, huh. it's kind of an odd sensor setup that they've got on it. But uh, well, uh, I'm I'm now that they're actually going to deliver some, I'm curious what uh, you know if they've managed to tweak it a little bit and improve it in that five months or whatever, or if it's just exactly what I saw in Vietnam. But I feel like the first people who are going to get it are going to be like, yeah, no matter what. You know, you're the first in line to get a car, a new car. You're the yeah. first Fisker guy, the first Lucid guy, the first, you know, Vinfast. You are like, I am a cheerleader for your brand. Your car is amazing <laughs> as the wheel falls off, you know, but I'm a cheerleader. Cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Last item for this week. Um, <clears throat> there was a, a video that was posted um, Top Gear Magazine, uh, one of their writers, Jack Ricks, did a, a, a roundtable thing with uh, four uh, very prominent uh, high-performance um, car guys. Um, Gordon Murray, John Hennessy, Matei Rimas, and Christian von Koenigsegg. And um, went through and you know, asked, asked them each a bunch of, you know, asked them each some questions. And one of the questions they asked was if you had one final tank of gas or fuel or battery charge um, and you could have any car you want to drive for that one last tank, what would it be? Oh, God. Yeah. What would your Uh, answer be, Sam? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. It's my Miata, of course. The answer is Miata. Miata. Um, and uh, apparently Christian von Koenigsegg agrees with me, even though he builds ridiculous hypercars, you know, with over a thousand horsepower. The cars with the, his name are not what he would pick. He would the, pick the, the car, Miata. The car he would pick Last. is his, his NA Miata. He he actually still owns an NA Miata that he bought back in the nineties, new, uh, a ninety-two Miata. Oh wow! And uh, he still apparently still takes it out and drives it regularly. And that is the car that he chose. That's, That's a good choice. Cool. I mean, like supercars, there's there's 
I mean, you, you hear like a random supercar goes crazy fast and stuff, but it's there's. You just want to enjoy <sighs> driving, Something's like fast. the last tank of. You just want to yeah. go for a drive, and you want to enjoy it. A nice manual have transmission. Some, have some fun. You're not gonna pick a car. Rear so wheel drive. Wind flowing yeah. through your hair. Just kind of. Have, have yeah. you seen that Christian von Koenigsegg recently? I'm thinking maybe <laughs> no, the I wind haven't. and the hair Jeez. is not accurate. Wind flowing through his eyes. Yeah, he's uh, he's bald. Oh, wind flowing. Through oh, he's his very hair bald. I just googled. No, no wind blowing through his hair. Still the wind. Wind a nice flowing over his experience. bald head. Uh, so yeah, I thought I thought that was fun. Uh, I'll include a link to the uh, um, to that. Uh, um, conversation on youtube uh in the show notes um and also part of that uh, gordon murray who created the mclaren f1 um mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. you know still the fastest naturally aspirated production car of all time yes um he chose a lotus elan which of course was this the spiritual oh, ancestor which is the miata, the miata. which is the the, yeah. miata, the, the european the version miata. of miata. so still the answer <laughs> is, is miata. Euro miata. miata or miata take your pick and, and Matei Rimas yep. chose an E30 BMW M3, so like first generation M3 from the 1980s. Oh yeah, okay. that's a good. That's, that's a solid. good too. Again, not not super fast. And but... I, I can't remember what uh, uh, what Hennessy picked, but it was also something with like no, eight no, wheels. It was it was, uh, it, was an, it was an old <laughs> like a tank. It was old an old American muscle car. I think it was uh, an old Cutlass 442 or something like that. Really? Yeah. So. Sure. Okay. None, none of them. None of them picked a hypercar. Which says something about hypercars. Like they're cool and they're fast and they're. <laughs> the, but the it's guys like that, the guys that build them. Yeah. Are so. like I don't want one. <laughs> like I all the time fast. Woo. Fast in a straight line is boring. <laughs> all right, let's answer a couple of questions and comments here. Uh, first up from John Halkius. Um, and actually, this is probably a good one for you, Nicole. Since you I know, I, I was like, light. oh, I just gave it back, and I didn't. I didn't. I knew where the charge port was. I didn't look. Uh, so yeah. John, John says, okay, uh, my F-150 Lightning does indeed show the charge port location on my driver display, since we were ah. talking about that last time. Um, just uh, just like with the gas tank, um, you know, it shows a little arrow there. There's an arrow noting, noting, noting location, just like an ICE vehicle, right beside the battery icon, pointing to the left as the Lightning charge port is on the left front fender. Uh, so that's one example of a vehicle that does have the location with a common reminder. Okay. Um, and I, Yay. I have to note that it's, if you don't know, there's two spots. Like there's, a, there's what looks like a charging port on both sides. It yeah. looks exactly the same. One you push it, pops open. The other one you can push that little thing all you want. Nothing happens. Ask my husband. He's like, it won't open. I'm like, you're on the wrong side of the car. Uh, car on the other side. When I, when I, when I had the first uh, background briefing on that a couple of years ago, I asked about that and they said, yeah, we put it there for symmetry. They shouldn't have. It's symmetry. confusing. But you can't I mean, see it. That's it, the thing. Guess, is you can't but, see like, it from the other people, side. Like, it, it's a weird yeah. decision. Because I don't have two like holes, I don't have two little doors on either side of my BRZs or for symmetry for the gas. <laughs> I have a Maverick right now in my driveway. There's not two little ports on either sides for symmetry for for filling it yeah. with gas. And the the, the, uh, the Kia Nero plug-in hybrid that's in my driveway right now, uh, it uh, it does have you know it's got the the gas port and the uh, charge port on the same side. They're both on the left. The charge port's on the front fender. But it does not have any indication on the instrument cluster where the charge port is. Oh. Secret. 
It's like an adventure. <laughs> All right. The second thing from, from John was about free charging. So in regards to your discussion, the 30-minute time limit on some free charging is not adequately regulated by charging companies. Some vehicle owners with that free charging have discovered that unplugging and plugging right back in oh. starts a new 30-minute session. Um, the big problem is that vehicles like the VW ID4 come with three years of free EA charging, and the locals who own those cars are more and more commonly charging to 100% at EA stations while reading or sleeping in their cars because, well, free. When I first got my Mustang Mach-E two years ago, we were in a golden age of EV ownership where EA stations in particular were always available and road tripping was not an issue. Now I hesitate to take my Lightning or Mach-E on a road trip because chargers are starting to have lines due to the manufacturer's use of free charging with the sale of vehicles, which is also discouraging installing home charging for those who can. Those who really need public charging, whether or not, uh, whether on a road trip or because they live in housing that does not give them access, like an apartment, are being blocked by these people. Um, uh, that's where all the anger and hate is okay. coming from. Tom Malagny uh, has an excellent YouTube video on this that I highly recommend, Why Free Charging Sucks. I actually just watched that <laughs> earlier today. Um, he told me he was doing it. He's like, yeah. it's coming out. I'm like, oh, cool. The 250 <laughs> kilowatts that Ford gave me with both vehicles is more than enough to introduce new EV owners to public charging. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with uh, with what he's saying here. This <sighs> makes total sense. Boo. And, you know, Don't unplug and, and plug and this in. Is, Don't be yeah, that person. And this is, you know... <laughs> Partly why um, why Tesla part one of the reasons why Tesla eliminated free uh, supercharging for life. You know when they first launched that with the mo when the with the Model S, you know there weren't very many very many EVs. You know there mm -hmm. weren't many Model S owners. But over time, as you got more and more of those vehicles on the road, you know you, especially on like holiday weekends, you know or you know places where people were going a lot, you know you would start seeing these lines of people waiting. You know two three hours to charge from a supercharger, which is just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that my early uh, Tesla e reviews, I was always just waiting for a supercharger, <laughs> just waiting in line. And they have like a valet there at certain oh, places really? that would tell you, all right, it's your turn to charge. You know, it was a big pain in the butt. Well, I, I remember the, um, the one time I went to uh, Tesla's headquarters in Palo Alto um, for employees there. <laughs> um, they actually had a valet um, because they had, you know, limited just, number of chargers out front oh, and had a lot right. of people who were driving EVs. And so you could just, uh, pull up your car and, you know, they would valet it. And, you know, then when a charger opened up, you know, they would go grab it and go plug it in for you, charge it up during the day and then, uh, go park it somewhere. Move it. See, yeah, that's that would nice. be cool. All right. Last one, uh, from Brandon Ellis. Uh, I've been waiting for a while now, and this was a great, ex great excuse to send you guys an email. I bought a used 2016 e-Golf SE last mm. summer. This has been my first EV nice. experience, and it's been a blast to drive. Yay! And I agree. I, I always liked the e-Golf. E-Golf yeah. is yeah. dope. It, Love yeah, the e-Golf. It, it was fantastic. Uh, as I was listening to your discussion on charge ports, I had to share that my e-Golf does have the charge port hey, location there you indicator. Go. So VW, hey, good job. VW got it right on that one. Okay. Uh, is it is it is it a picture of a little gas can? <laughs> is it like a little gas pump or is it like it's a, a little, little plug? I can't remember. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna see if I can find any old pictures of the. E <laughs> <laughs> I probably have one somewhere in my uh, in my Google Photos archive. Yeah. Um, so that's it for uh, questions this week. Um, 
uh, before we go, I have um, an interview that I did in Chicago with Jim Owens uh, from Ford. He's the Mustang marketing manager, talking about uh, the Mustang Dark Horse and racing programs and stuff. And I will tack that on here after we say goodbye. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye. 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 Hey, everybody, it's Sam, and uh, this week during the 2023 Chicago Auto Show, I had a chance to catch up with my old friend Jim Owens, who is the product marketing manager for the Ford Mustang, to talk about the Mustang Dark Horse, uh, racing programs, and more. Hi, Jim. Since the last time we spoke for wheel bearings, um, Ford revealed the new 2024 Mustang, the 7th Gen Mustang, and you guys had a big surprise that at the time, which was the Dark Horse. And at that time, back in September at the Detroit Auto Show, um, you, know, you had the windows all blacked out. You know, people couldn't see too much detail. It wasn't, wasn't much to share. You've been trickling out some more information now. Tell me everything you can about the Mustang Dark Horse. So, Sam, you know how much I love the performance aspect of our Mustangs. Um, this Mustang named Dark Horse was the horse you didn't see coming, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, our performance derivatives were done Bullet and Mach 1 and, you know, GT350s and GT500s. You know, those have been names that we've used mm-hmm. previously. This is the first new one in 21 years. So it had to be special to carry that mo- new moniker in there. <laughs> the 500 horse, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> the first the 500 horsepower, fourth generation coyote motor that brings in through dual air boxes double throttle bodies some of the components from the shelby gt500 engine in there to make that that 500 horsepower is so it makes us happy like to say naturally aspirated 100 horsepower per liter on a normal crank engine like that's cool stuff and representative of something you didn't see coming like gen 5 Mm -hmm. you know our 4.6 liter V8 had 300 horsepower. Like the Shelby GTs yeah. had 315. Um, it's it is that thing you didn't see coming. That 500 horsepower barrier. Think of like the 07 GT500 supercharged 5.4 iron block. Mm-hmm. 500 horsepower. Yeah. You know now I'm generating that out of a Coyote. It's so exciting and something that you didn't see. But you know you've heard the 500 horsepower mm-hmm. beat, but. That's one of the things that literally helps make this a new nameplate within the Mustang family. Um, the, uh, what you're seeing here at the Chicago Auto Show today, which is where we're, we happen to be, is that stripe package for the appearance package. So this is the Dark Horse appearance package with the handling package and the painted stripes. Now, the painted stripes are like... That's something that's only been available before, I think, on GT350. Well, no, GT... No, GT500 for sure. Yeah, I think Um, they offered it as an option on 350 On the Heritage. Okay, yeah. Right, as we were going out, you could do the painted stripes. Um, At least on one, for sure. Um, But on this painted stripe... What the design is, if you think of like when we do the wind tunnel testing, mm-hmm. you know, and you put the smoke or the, the vapor or whatever that is, and you blow it across in there and it kind of goes so over. Visualizing the airflow over pattern it. over the hood. 
it, that kind of represents it from the striping standpoint, right? Like, if, if you think of, like, the little dome in the center of the hood that's going to be a little, air's going to be a little closer, and then how it falls off, the air's going to be a little bit, so it's darker in the center and lighter. I mean, it's just kind of cool little piece that ties appearance to the performance aspect of it. And then the new stuff from the internal that, you know, when you couldn't see in the darkened windows because mm-hmm. it was September and now we're building it, the, from the titanium shift knob hollowed out from the center so it's cooler to the touch so it doesn't heat up in there in that ball and i'm a right hand like under grabber shifter Mm -hmm. so it feels like performance close at hand so not like the cue ball version of it but the shape of it is really incredible and that blue colored titanium that highlights the stitching that's in the recaro seats that is also blue and then the blue that goes across like the carbon fiber panel inner inner the blue that comes across in the door jam that when you when you open it up, it really gives you that sense that it is different not only from the exterior but the interior standpoint. Uh, it still has all of that um, interior technology that's on the base Mustang that's in there. Um, the, the dark horse that will pop up on the screen, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the Shelby that pops up in there. Um, those are some of the really cool things on the interior. And then from a performance standpoint, the carbon fiber wheels, yeah. right? Like, the you know, unsprung, rotational mass, reduction of 37%, about 21 pounds. That really helps a skilled driver perform better on a road course. Mm-hmm. And then they look beautiful. And they're the first, like, you can see the pattern from the... You know, historical Mustangs that we have over there, that five-bolt pattern is now similar. Five-bolt and the five-spoke is is something that goes back to the various earliest days of Mustang. And we're able to do it now, working with Carbon Revolution, to put that on this this pony car, which is so cool. I mean, if you think of the Ford GT one, it's that Mm -hmm. four-spoke pattern. The four-spoke pattern on the GT500 that was more the... The beveled. Right. I know your your listeners yeah. can't see me yeah. moving my hand, but the bevel book that give it that flat, and then it has the blue interwoven in mm-hmm. the carbon fiber that gives it that hue mm-hmm. that just ties to the the blue ember color that that, that so, we have. So there's the a there's fiber. a finish on these carbon fiber wheels that because when you did it first on the GT350, they were them. they were painted because. Yep. You, you need the UV, well, the UV protection for the epoxy so it yeah. didn't break down. Because carbon and, fiber is a living material. And now carbon, carbon revolutions come up with a new material that there. Allows us then to put in there that clear and show the weave pattern. Mm-hmm. Because as you're laying up carbon fiber, like matching that weave is not easy. Right. Right. Because each of the pattern has to be there. Um, so that clear is allowed to show that carbon weave that mm-hmm. looks so cool. Now, you have to be up close to see the weave, but when you are up close, like at a car show walking around, you can see that the patterns match, and yeah. that clear coat that they put on there has allowed us to do it, which is really cool. Carbon Rev has been working really hard with us over the years on this carbon fiber wheels, and, you know, it's still the difference in weight. Yeah. <laughs> when you grab an aluminum oh, I know. Yeah. It's amazing how much difference it makes. Yeah. It makes it, and I'm not a good enough driver to actually duplicate, you know, improve times over a period of time. But when I'm in my sweet spot yeah. and I'm with the carbon wheels, you can feel the difference, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And and you and you also feel it, you know, if you're using this as a daily driver, you, that ex, that reduction in unsprung mass is also you can feel that in the ride quality of it as well because it allows the wheels. It reduces that inertia of the wheels. They can move up and down and follow the road contour, uh, so it, it, it's more comfortable to drive on the road. And, you know, with the MagnaRide suspension, mm-hmm. right, with the metal particles in the viscous yeah. fluid that you send the electric charge to that changes the pressure that's in there, that that is adapted for this wheel, mm-hmm. like written for this wheel, so that even makes that, when you're in normal mode and you're driving down Woodward, 
And when you go over some of those horrific potholes yeah. that southeastern Michigan roads have, it really does improve the ride quality. So um, when, when is the, the Dark Horse going to be available? Is it going to be available from, from job one? Uh, when you start building the new Mustangs this summer? or yeah, we're saying that it's going to be available in dealerships early summer, and it'll okay. be the Mustang GTs along with the Dark Horse and the EcoBoost. Okay. All right, so let's move on to something, another part of Mustang heritage, which has been motorsports. Yeah. <laughs> motorsports has been a key part of the Mustang story since 1965 or 1964. Yeah. Um, and First race wins, Tour de France, yeah. one, two, three, in Mustangs in 64. And so, um, you know, for many, many years, I mean, and certainly in the earliest years and, and certainly a lot over the last 20 years, um, building turnkey race cars has been a key part of the, the Mustang story for Ford. You've had a wide variety of different cars, the, the CR500s, the Cobra Jets, um, the PS350Ss, yeah, uh, the 302Ss. Yeah, all, all kinds of different variations. And um, over the, the current generation, the sixth generation car, for the last several years, there's been a GT4 car. GT4 is a very popular um, sort of... Not, series. Yeah, not... not not quite entry level, but you know, kind of low, you know, lower level sports car racing uh, formula that you know is not cheap, but you know, relatively modest cost, let's say, uh, for you know people that want to get into racing. They're not professionals. Um, you're going to have a new GT4 version of the, the Gen 7 car, and you're also going to have a, a GT3, which is the next level up. Um, you know, and also a customer race car, as well as there's going to be a factory race program, at least in IMSA, with GTD Pro. So talk about the GT4, you know, how, what, what makes a, a GT4 Mustang different from a stock or, you know, or a dark horse Mustang, and then what's, what, what takes you from a GT4 to a GT3 car? Yeah, and we haven't gone out and announced all the differences yet as it's going through Yeah, I mean, there. in general terms. I yeah. mean, it, you know, when you set up it first... Um, if you think of when we launched Gen 5, right, we did some of the racing vehicles, even like the Mustang Challenge series back in, but it came after, mm-hmm. right? Gen 6, even the same thing, right? The, that FP350S didn't come out till a year afterwards that, that when we went. Um, here, when we did the reveal, we had all of those race cars up there at the reveal on the screen yeah. showing them the video that we were showing going in. Um, Mustang, the company, obviously, Henry, back in the day, founded on racing, 1901, sweepstakes, and you know, Alexander Winton, and starting Ford Motor Company 18 months later. That racing heritage has been not only in the company, but in Mustang, as you described. And so what you end up doing with it, and specifically with the Dark Horse, which is the one that we're leading in with these racing things, right? The Dark Horse R, Dark Horse S. Like you, those are the vehicles that um, uh, when you're billed for... Uh, for the actual participation, not necessarily in the sanctioning body races, but more in the street racing, like you know, mm-hmm. street racing, or tra- track days, track days. Yeah, yeah, sorry, no, we don't race on streets, right? Never, <laughs> never race never on the street on, on road courses and yeah. drag strips only. Um, you know, those starts as body and whites in the plant, mm-hmm. like in the in, in the assembly yeah. plant, and we'll ship out there. Um, so what you're trying to do with those series is. You know, change obviously the weight distribution as best as you can, make them better for that, and and doing that through the suspension aspects of it and the the powertrain aspects of it that aren't street legal. And I know the Ford Performance team is going to be announcing all of those things soon. I can't wait for folks to do it. 
And um, when are those uh, cars going to start racing? I, I know I've heard uh, reports oh, that the, the, GT, the GT3 is starting track testing imminently, if it hasn't already. Um, but when, when will we actually see so, the Super 8, if you saw that down there, it was right after September when we did the testing down there in Australia, okay. right? Those were the first two cars that go out there. I don't know the exact dates when they're going to be out there. Um, that's something I'm going to have to dig into deeper. Um, but I know that it is going to be coming surrounding this launch of this generation and so that we can hopefully provide those race cars that people want from going to a test and tune at Milan, you know, on a Friday uh-huh. night to being able to go out to Gingerman and do your road racing in there, yeah. hopefully relatively soon. So, uh, I'm curious you know, from a, from a business perspective, you know, having these turnkey battery built race cars um, you know, and, that, and this is one of the, the things about GT4 and, and GT3 is, you know, customer teams uh, can go can order these cars from Ford and from some of your competitors, um, and they they basically come ready to race. I mean, you know, typically they will actually you know, tear them down and rebuild them so they know how to service them and everything. But they're they don't have to do the development on these cars. From a business perspective, for Ford, is this something that is um, you know, a profitable add-on to the Mustang business, or is it more of something, a marketing cost. So is it a profit center or a cost center for, for a company like Ford? Um, it's part of the, the the relevancy of the brand, Okay. right? And if you look at overall Mustang, I mean, it, 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 that is, you know, we don't do things for charity, right? Yeah. Um, so there is a business model. Well, you do sometimes. Like, you know, sure you you are, the, the option of market share. Like uh, that's, that's fair. That's, <laughs> that is fair. Um, but, 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 yeah, there is a business model in there for us that would be a good business model, mm-hmm. but it's more about tying into the brand and what the brand means. Okay. Um, Anything else about the, the new Mustang, whether it's uh, from the, the EcoBoost base model up through the Dark Horse or racing uh, that you want to talk about right now? You know, for me, it's about the, the, the experiences of trying to pull in a new generation of Mustang owners. You know, I'm getting a little long in the tooth, right? Are we all? <laughs> and, 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 you know, what we need to do for that sports car segment and specifically for Mustang to keep on building Mustangs is bring in that younger audiences and the things that we did and invested in in this vehicle really are going to reach those focus audiences, that younger audience. So to bring them into that sports car segment, you know, we've done six generations before. We're starting the seventh generation of Mustang, and that will help us continue Mustang along. And that's what I'm most proud about. How, how's the response been from younger buyers or potential buyers to the, the new design, and particularly the new interior? Um, specifically the interior, when we did the focus group research, because we haven't had customers into the vehicles yet, was um, off the charts uh, as far as the younger audiences go. And uh, the older audiences, it was kind of funny, one of the guys was quoted and saying, I felt like I could launch a missile from this thing. <laughs> um, so we really believe that it has hit that spot, um, and the marketplace will show that. Um, but we haven't had customers yet in to be able to do it. But, yeah, like the, the, that Unreal Gaming technology that's in there that you know powers their Rocket League games that they do now, younger people personalize their phones and their technology. You know, Mustang is about personalization and making it your own. And now we've given them the technology that is in their audience and how they personalize things. And we're expecting it to be a home run. All right. Well, thanks as always, Jeff. Cool. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.